Welcome to episode number six of the University of Vermont Medical Center podcast series created by nurses. For nurses. I'm Colleen Roach, a hematology oncology nurse on SHEP4. And I'm Robert Hamble, a heart failure clinician and the chair of MPG. Our intent for the podcast is to have another platform for nurses to hear about current events, projects as they're rolling out, as well as a chance to celebrate our co-workers. I'm really excited about today's podcast. We have a lot of great guests, and I'm excited that Kate Fitzpatrick's with us today. Um, This is going to be an ongoing thing where we're going to give people a chance to really reach out, ask questions. So please, if you have a question, either email me, robert at hamble at uvmhealth.org. Or Colleen Roach at uvmhealth.org. Kate, thanks again for being here today. Uh, I thank you so much. I I also just want to pause and thank both of you for this really creative and innovative forum to get communications out to nurses. I think it's wonderful, and I've enjoyed every episode. So thank you. I'm honored to be here today. We know you're a busy lady, so thanks for carving out (laughs) the time. Yeah, thank you. We're all busy, but thank you. It's my pleasure. So uh, I thought I would start with, um, you know, I've been thinking about if I was a nurse out there listening to a podcast and the chief nurse was going to come on, what would I want to hear them say? And so what occurs to me is that there's probably a lot of people wondering, after we've been through such a significant Uh, event in our organization over the summer with a work stoppage, you know, what happens next? And I think um, for me, I just want to appreciate and acknowledge that people probably have a wide range of feelings about that. And there's probably still an element of mistrust and an element of uncertainty. And what I want to convey to all of you is I am 100% committed to try and find the best path forward together, uh, whatever that might be. I don't have all the answers to that, and I don't think it'll be a one-size-fits-all, but what I am confident about is that we have such wonderful people here that we're going to find the right path forward, because where we all coalesce is around our incredible um, commitment to patient care. So I think that's important just to start with that, and uh, so. Yeah, that just so resonates and gives me goosebumps just to hear that. Um, so let's take a moment. Let's talk about celebrating about great nurses, things that are happening here. Um, I'm a heart failure nurse. I live on the cardiology floor. Colleen, you live on Shep 4. You probably have a really great view of what's going on in the hospital. Maybe we could take a little time. I know that we just celebrated some new people getting into CARP and then also talk about some really cool things happening at the hospital that really we may not know about. Oh, absolutely. So this is the best part of my job is being able to celebrate the amazing work of our nurses. So I think most of our listeners should know that we have a new clinical advancement and recognition program called CARP, and I'm really excited to announce the most recent uh, nurses who promoted through this structure. And so we have a number of nurses promoting to staff nurse three, and so I just wanted to acknowledge those nurses. So Matthew Luft, who's an emergency department nurse, Nicole Carpenter, who works in the PACU, Jess Coda, who's one of our resource nurses, and Naomi Jacobite, who's a mother baby nurse. And then really exciting is we're adding to our complement of staff nurse fours. And so we have Renetta Leberty, who's an ER nurse, Erica Carlson, who's also from the ED, Kayla Panko, who's a mother baby nurse, Melinda Pariser-Schmidt, who's from the NICU, and then Amy Young, who's on labor and delivery in the birthing unit. So really fantastic. It's uh, quite a commitment, and it's really special to have these nurses be able to accomplish that promotion. Yeah, congratulations to all of you. Yeah. So what else is going on around the hospital? I know we've been at surge capacity. Yeah, so for those out there who aren't familiar with what surge is, we've created a uh, 
an algorithm to help us really better predict when our uh, patient volumes are going to be increasing and how we respond when that happens. And so over the last several weeks, we've had a couple of occasions where we've been at surge level three. So that's uh, a limited disaster level, which means we're at a, such a significant level of being um, beyond what we normally care for in terms of patient volumes that we have to do some things out of the ordinary. And so one of the groups I wanted to really acknowledge is our nurses who work in PPR and on Chef 4 North because this most recent surge has required that we move our transfusion and infusion patients into another care setting up on Chef 4. And there's just been remarkable creative teamwork, collaboration, really innovative thinking to move this patient population to another setting. And so it's been a tremendous amount of work, a lot of energy. I, I know there's probably been some grief on the part of the PPR nurses because they really enjoy caring for these patients. But what's been remarkable is their support and partnership with the Shep 4 nurses. So really important. And I, I really wanted to thank all those nurses for, for making that happen. Thanks for that recognition. And there was another thing that you were talking about going on Tell us about that. So for those of you who were um, able to attend Grand Rounds during our Nurses Week last year, we had Carolyn Jones here, which was such a, a great honor to be able to bring her to Vermont. But Carolyn Jones is a, is a woman who's done several documentaries. She's written a book called The American Nurse. And her most recent project is focused on emergency care with a really an emphasis on the role of the emergency nurse in our emergency care system. And so I had told Carolyn back when she was here in May that I thought Vermont would be a great place to include in her documentary on emergency care. And so she was here the last two days with her film crew shooting and two of our nurses are gonna be featured in that film. So uh, Travis B.B. Woodard, who's one of our level four nurses and uh, Minika Mayer, who is also a um, RN in the ED and also labor and delivery um, are, are part of that feature film. What's really remarkable is I got to talk to Carolyn afterwards and she was just so energized and so impressed with what she saw, the level of how both Travis and Minika came together with patients and the beautiful things she saw in terms of how they related with patients and their family. So really exciting that they're gonna be featured and, and our medical center is gonna be featured in this documentary. So we're gonna have a viewing party. There's gonna be viewing party, red carpet. Red carpet, tucks, here I come. Yes, so it's, it's really, really exciting, so. Well, great. We really appreciate you taking the time to come and talk about, you know, all the good stuff going on here. Yeah, we're looking forward to having this as a standing time to really just kind of celebrate the great work nurses are doing here and really actually um, just get more insight to you, Kate, what you are all about, what you think, you know, what drives Kate. So. This is great. And I just have to say, you're two of my favorite people. So I'm glad <laughs> I get to spend a little time with you each month. In this fancy recording in, studio. In our wonderful little studio that we're in. <laughs> cool. Thanks, Kate. We have a treat for you guys here today. We, our highlighted nurse is Milton Rosa Ortiz, who I'm very fortunate to work with. The myth, the legend, Milton, Milton Rosa, Rosa Ortiz. Ortiz. Thanks for coming. My pleasure. So Milton, tell us, how long have you been a nurse and where do you work? I have been a nurse for five and a half years. I started on Baird 4, spent some time with palliative care, and I'm on the Hemon team at Shep 4 right now. I've been there for, yeah, a year and a half. So tell us about your life before you became a nurse, because it's very interesting. Um, it's been very many hats. I, my first degree was in architecture, and I, I stumbled upon making art and um, did artwork in New York City for about 13 and a half years before the economy crashed. And then two really dear friends that were nurses suggested I 
follow that path because they thought I would be a good nurse, but also it would afford me the ability to continue to make artwork. And so that's how I found myself into nursing and at the bedside. Yeah, I mean, it's your artwork's pretty amazing. Um, your website, which is MiltonRosaOrtiz.com, and that's R O S A. O-R-T-I-Z with Milton in front of it. It's really amazing. It's it's not artwork in the sense of pencil work or pictures. It's it's 3D. It's sculpture work. It's it's really interesting. Talk to me about why you picked that type of artwork. I think it evolved from my origins as an architect. And ultimately what I'm doing is I'm still manipulating and playing with space. I'm using material to define the surface, but ultimately focusing on the space within and the otherness of the work instead of the surface looking at the inside of it. So how do you bridge being an artist to being a nurse? I think for me it's the essence of it is to be to create things and to do things that open windows into other people's worlds so that here's a little window you could this is another way of seeing life this is another way of seeing the world and I try to do that with the sculptors but I try to do that also at the bedside when patients are alone and bored and scared in their rooms it's really interesting and I love how your two worlds kind of you're able to bring them together and there's something that you're really a person that's an advocate for it's art for heart and I know that you bring it in and talk about it at the hospital Talk to us about that program we have here at the hospital. Yeah, it's a um, Burlington City Arts program that Rebecca Schwartz spearheads. And ultimately, it's making available materials for patients to be able to do artwork at the bedside. For me, one of the biggest things about my artwork is that it brings me peace and tranquility and in the repetitive simpleness of it. And so by bringing materials to the bedside, patients have access to that. And we've seen patients calm down and their anxiety drop down just from coloring or drawing or sketching. It's such a nice holistic approach instead of just coming in with medications and, you know, just poking and prodding them to, to offer them something else that has a real positive effect. If someone wants to access that, how do they get that? You do. You just dial favors one, two, three. The volunteers do come around to different floors, but if you you can always access them, if you have a patient that you think would benefit from it, just call favors. Yeah, Milton, this has been one of my. I've been looking forward to this conversation because you really amaze me on what you do here at the hospital and the impact you have with nurses and with patients. Um, I want to thank you again for taking the time. Once again, your website's Milton Rosa Ortiz. Take a look at it. There's it is worthwhile. awesome Jennifer Lopez dress done out of stone. <laughs> that's, that's your favorite. It's my favorite. Glass. It's not stone. Stone glass. Sorry. <laughs> glass. glass from Brooklyn. Like... That is amazing. So thank you so much for being My here. Pleasure. It's so hard to capture everything that's oh, yeah. great about you in this short time. I think we're going to have to reserve a whole episode for him at some point. So thanks for joining us. You are a treat. Thank you. I always love learning about what people do outside of the hospital here, and Milton didn't disappoint. And what we want to do with these podcasts, Colleen, is really kind of focus on stuff that's informational to help people out. And with CARP going through the first year and new applications being due on January 1st, we thought it'd be a great opportunity to bring Travis B.B. Woodard in to kind of ask some questions about the process, give some insight, and help people who have or are thinking about applying, give them some tips. So Travis works in the ED and was one of the first RN4s and is a member of the CARP committee. CARP stands for Clinical Advancement Recognition Program. So thanks for, for coming in, Travis. Well, thanks for having me. Can you tell us why CARP is important? 
CARP is important to me and I think to our institution because it is the structure that is allowing us to redefine nursing practice. Um, no longer looking at a narrow definition of a nurse's job as a clinical expert, but asking folks to engage in things like quality improvement and staff education and research and presentation, um, kind of stretching our perspective to include care of our own community of nurses so that we can care for our patients uh, with higher quality care. So can you tell us a little bit about what the difference is between an RN3 and an RN4? Uh, Colleen, that's a great question. Um, so the big difference for the CARP committee is that RN3s are focused predominantly inside their unit, so agents of change um, for um, op addressing opportunities for improvement inside their unit, and RN4s stretch uh, to, to engage outside of their unit in some fashion, whether that's into the hospital through work with NPG or into the larger community of nurses through your professional organization or um, along your service line with a task force um, through our NPG structure. Um, really, it's what connects to you as an important um, place to make change. I've heard that it's a fairly stringent process. Can you, is there a reason for that? There sure is. Yes, it is a very stringent process. And, um, and the reason for that is that we really view the process as a little bit of a test in, in that as a, as a staff nurse three or four, you are encouraged to engage in work that's new and different and, and has a set of expectations. So when you go to apply for grant funding, if you don't follow the directions in the grant application, then you're not gonna be considered for the work. If you go to submit research to the IRB and you don't have the appropriate um, documentation, then you're not going to be approved. And so we really look at this as an opportunity for nurses to um, attempt to con communicate in a concise manner about the work they do with folks that aren't at the bedside with them every day. So if I want to learn more about um, how to apply for CARB, where can I go online or how do I get the resources to um, apply? Great question, Robert. So we have um, a CARB SharePoint site, which contains all of the documentation needed to support um, any nurse through the process of ap applying. There's a checklist for, for folks to follow just as a tool for you. It's not actually part of your official application. There's also some examples of essays from folks who have gone through the process, as well as the actual application and um, clinical domains of practice. And there's also an opportunity to connect with mentors as well. There is, Colleen. Yes, the CARP committee really believes in the mentorship model. And so we encourage everybody that applies to seek out a mentor, whether that's someone that's been through the process and has been successful or whether that's a member of the CARP committee. Um, we, we really just encourage folks to get in touch with those that have been through the process. The one thing during our conversation prior to today's podcast is just really how mindful your group has been with this process, reevaluating, seeing ways to improve it. Now that we've gone through the first year, what have you guys learned? What have you made changes about? Well, in our, in our annual program evaluation, we identified a couple things that needed to change. One is the communication with, with applicants. So we really want to be able to provide a mechanism to, to let folks know that we've gotten your application and then be able to provide you with a timeline for an expected response. The other change that we're making is around your essay and um, we're asking folks to um, to shorten their essays a little bit and um, and really try to be as concise as possible. There is some really specific direction inside the application about those requirements. 
the beauty about this is that this is kind of a journey um, in the sense of someone who does apply for the application, if they don't get accepted from what learning about this, it, it really continues. It sure does. I think a journey is a great way to think about this in that your initial application is kind of the first step. And if you're if you're not approved for, for promotion, the committee's goal is to support you to a point where you can be successful. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing all of this great information. If you're interested, check out the SharePoint website, grab a mentor and apply. Yeah, I mean, this is great for all inpatient nurses. And I know soon down the road, this will also be applicable to outpatient nurses. That's correct. We are working um, at right now to to merge the outpatient clinical ladder and the inpatient clinical ladder. So keep your eyes, um, eyes peeled for information about that. Yeah, awesome. Thanks so much. Don't forget, applications are due January 1st. So as always, we really appreciate the great feedback, and we heard a lot of people enjoyed the uh, epic upgrade talk we had last month uh, with Rebecca Friedman and Kathy. Um, so we're going to try and do this one-minute tech talk, and lucky enough, we have Kathy here today with us. And uh, thanks again for being here. Um, we'd like to talk. Tell us what the update is, Kathy. Um, so now that it's post-go-live and we have new functionality like the brain and the avatar, we would love feedback on how to make it better and how you like it. We welcome suggestions on how to do this. Uh, we have a super user group meeting on Thursday, January 17th, and we will talk about adding tasks to the brain. Reach out to your super user representative from your unit with ideas and suggestions. If you don't have a super user currently, feel free to reach out to Rebecca Freeman at RebeccaFreeman at uvmhealth.org. Also be aware that the analysts are working on changes to the looks of orders management using the feedback that we receive from end users during Go Live. Check out our weekly communication from Epic to see the personalization labs they are holding throughout the month of December. Contact epictraining at uvmhealth.org to register. And look forward to the new things we'll be bringing next month. Golly and I had a blast on this podcast. Talk about some really awesome people we met today. Yeah, they brought some good energy here to the recording studio. Yeah, I mean, Milton's Art, Carp, good luck, everybody, with your applications. Um, thanks again for listening to us. We apologize it was a little longer than our normal ones, but we thought there's some really great stuff. Have great holidays, be safe, and enjoy your family time. Thanks for joining us. Huh, you may say, why hasn't my podcast shut off? Huh, is there more? Oh, yes, there is. Here's some bonus clips from our podcast. Hope you enjoy. So everybody wants to know a little bit more about you, Kate. We're going to ask you five rapid-fire questions, and you just have to give us the answer. You're already peeking. I saw you looked at the questions. I can't. I don't have my glasses on, Robert, <laughs> so I didn't really see them. All right, Kate. Coffee or tea? Coffee. What's your Achilles heel? Poop, vomit, or sputum? Sputum. What's your power song? Mm, Beyonce's Hold On. Stay up late or get up early? Get up early. Italian or French cuisine? Italian. All right. 